I'm James Jamaluddin from Berlin, Germany, and I'm listening to More of a Kind. Hey, shouts out to my man Tony Moore. This is Lucas Weitzinger. I know Tony now for a couple of years, been playing with him. Uh, he was always a great athlete and it was great getting coached afterwards from him. So uh, keep going with your podcast, great stories, keep grinding. See you soon, Tony. This is Nadine Rasev from Munich, Germany, and you're listening to More of a Kind. That's what I'm talking about. So remember what I said, because I said it. to another episode of more of a kind podcast today we got a special guest for you today we'll introduce shortly i hope you uh, it'll be great information for our young and old generation uh, that we can share with you today um, if you have any questions or comments on the show or any previous show you can always write at tony excuse me antonio tony moore on facebook or on instagram antonio underscore Tony underscore more on Instagram. Okay. Today, like I said, we have, today, like I said, we have a special guest, a German legend who's been here for years. He's been a person that I've looked up to and, and paved the way for myself and, and, and a lot of other athletes that came over here in, in Germany. Um, but without further ado, I'll just um, introduce him right now, and he can tell us a little bit about himself. This is the legendary coach and former quarterback, Cliff Madison. Cliff, welcome to the show. Hey, Tony. How you doing, man? Uh, glad to have you uh, select me to be on here today. Uh, you know, it's it's a privilege, man, to just be able to reach out to to those players, coaches, uh, friends and, and fans uh, that, that listen to your podcast. Uh, this is something that, that I think uh, during this time uh, of the pandemic uh, that we need to be able to just reach out and, and kind of solidify uh, and reach back and, and, and pull each other along because this is definitely a positive thing that you're doing. Congratulations to you and to Coop uh, for even having me uh, on here and, and doing what you do, man. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you a lot that you took the time out to, to come and, and join us today. Uh, but let's just start out just so we can all get a brief history of yourself. Um, you know, where are you from? A little journey at home. And then uh, to what brought you here to, to Germany and Europe uh, yourself? 
Okay, well, uh, I'm originally from California, uh, Los Angeles, California, the hood, uh, Crenshaw <laughs> District area. <laughs> you know, okay. uh, so so I, I grew up in that in that gang banging era of the Crips and the Bloods, where you you definitely had to wear your blue or your red, uh, wow. or you tried to stay neutral. Uh, you know, my my stepbrother uh, was was a gang, a gang leader uh, and a member of the Crips. Uh, so it, it goes really deep for me. And I've seen some things, man, uh, that, that was life changing, uh, that, that wanted me to be able to, to get out of there. So that's what took me uh, to sports, uh, living in, in Los Angeles, California. You know, my, my baby brother was shot and killed, uh, at the age of 19. Wow. Uh, so it's, it, it was a rough ride, man, for me growing up. And, and I knew, uh, my avenue out was sports and my mother, uh, bless her soul. Uh, she really s supported me wanting to to achieve something in the sports area because I wasn't the greatest student, uh, never claimed to be, but I but I did know that my my athletic talents could probably get me out of the hood, and it did. And from there, after high school, I went to University of Colorado uh, in Boulder. Uh, I was there for a year, uh, so you know that was that was a good experience going from an all black neighborhood to to basically all white neighborhood uh, where, you know, at that time, the only blacks on the campus was the athletes. Okay. Uh, and, and from there, uh, I ended up tra transferring back to Pasadena City, California, because my mom had got sick and I wanted to be close to my mom. So I, I ended up going back, uh, staying close to my mom, Pasadena City College. Uh, and, and after that, uh, you know, I got involved in some things, man. I'm just going to lay it out here. I got involved with some people, man, that was, wasn't doing the right thing. And I thought it was right at the time. Uh, and it was in the drug, you know, business. Uh, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm going to put it out there. Uh, but, but I found myself not wanting to do that because the risk that it was taking me through. And I said, hey, man, this is not what I want to do. So I end up finding a small NAIA school, Whitworth College in Spokane, Washington. And the coach was Bruce Grambo. And he took a chance on me and he said, man, I'm going to give you this opportunity, but you can't screw it up. So I ended up going to Whitworth and I, and I broke a couple of passing records up there, uh, did pretty well, uh, got invited to a couple of camps uh, after playing there. Uh, it didn't work out at the camps. Uh, so what happened was uh, I went to a, to a workout uh after that Whitworth uh, situation, and I end up getting a tryout with the L.A. Raiders, okay? okay? And so this was like when the strike came, 84. So when the strike came along, uh, I got signed by the Raiders uh, because it was a scab season. Remember that? Okay. You guys, a lot of guys right. don't remember, remember that. that. Right. So, remember you know, that. I end up getting, you know, being, being on the scout team, working out for them, getting the opportunity to, to – suit up for a couple of games, uh, not really a lot of playing time, but the experience being around guys like Marcus Allen, Cliff Branch, and those guys really opened my eyes to what professional football was. So from there, uh, after that was over, what I ended up getting with the Calgary Stampeders. Okay, so I got to Calgary, was able to uh, develop and, and, and build some, some, some good quality reps as a quarterback. Didn't get a lot of playing time, so I sprang my ankle. They released me. And uh, that's when arena football came along in 1989. So okay. uh, the 89 season, uh, right after the season, uh, and I don't know if, if everybody knows who the leading passer is 
for Duke for at the time. It was it was okay. Ben Bennett. Okay, I'm sorry. It was Duke. Okay. Ben Bennett was the leading passer at Duke University, and I was his backup. And I don't know if you guys remember a guy by the name of Willie Totten. Does anybody know that name? No, I don't. Tell us a little bit. Willie Totten was a guy who. No, that's okay. Willie Totten was a guy who threw to Jerry Rice. Wow, you're talking. Okay, we're down at Mississippi, Mississippi Rice. State. That's right. Willie Totten was the guy that was throwing to Jerry Rice, making all those records. And I end up beating Willie Totten out as the backup quarterback with the L.A. Cobras. Yes. And, okay. and yeah, wow. but Willie ended up getting picked up by another team. Uh, and the funny story is this. Chicago released me. OK, I mean, L.A. released me. And then what happened was I got drunk the day I was the, the, the day. I got released. I got drunk, man. This is... And what happened was I got a knock on the door. And guess what happens? The Chicago Bruiser says, we're going to pick you up. And I'm drunk. And the coach said, you be in the meeting at eight in the morning. And he knew I was drunk. Wow. <laughs> yeah. so it was so, a lot of aspirin and a lot of water. Oh, man. <laughs> I was taking vinegar, drinking it with water, just trying to, you know, get that smell off me, man. And the coach looked at me and said, Cliff, you're good, man, but what are you doing? So I end up getting in the meeting. The coaches are looking at me like, come on, man. So I end up going to Chicago, uh, which was a good run. Okay, we, we ended up in the championship, uh, and we stayed. I stayed in Downers Grove. I don't know if you know guys are familiar with that area. We lived in Downers Grove, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a suburb, suburb of Chicago. Suburb, but, you know, yeah, so I end up going there, and then after that season – uh, I didn't get a call back from the Arena League, uh, but I got a call from a team here in Berlin, uh, the Berlin Adler. Sean Blair was the head coach, okay. uh, and he called me and said, hey, look, I need you to go to this workout. There's a guy there that wants to talk to you, a friend of mine that wants to talk to you about going to Berlin. I, and I, my first things coming to Germany was, do they even play American football in Germany? I had right. no, I had right. no idea. still kind of. That was still kind of our impression. I didn't know they had football in Germany. What were you thinking when you thought about or heard about football in Europe? Um, we know Canada, of course, and you have experience there, but what did you? What was your first thoughts of that? Well, my first thought was, where is this place? What do they know about <laughs> football? And if I go, can I come home if I don't like it within one week? <laughs> and that's what they did. They, they bought me a, a round-trip ticket, and I said, you can cancel the ticket or reschedule the ticket if I like it. But if I don't, I want to go home. Uh, so, you know, when I, first, when I first was thinking about Germany, I'm like, that's a long way away, man. I can't even get on a train or a bus to get back if I don't like it. So, you know, I was – but I was at that point where I wanted to adventure, to adventure out, being – away going to Calgary, going to those other states where I was able to play football kind of gave me the, 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 the confidence to say, no matter where you go, you just have to make the best of it and you're going to be okay. So, you know, that was, that was my whole thing. Uh, Knowing that, you know, nobody really spoke the language, uh, uh, you know, English. And and I I knew it was going to be some hurdles, but I, I took on the challenge because that's just the type of person I am. I, I like the challenge. So, uh, yeah, so I ended up coming to Berlin, uh, and, and I did that for eight seasons. 
we had a lot of success, couple, uh, three German Bowls. Uh, we lost one to Dusseldorf, uh, European championship games I played in. Uh, we ended up finished second place a couple of times. Uh, so, I mean, that, that, that was a great, great experience being with the Adler, bunch of great guys. Uh, Billy Brooks was the coach, uh, was there before in 87, I think, uh, was there. And, you know, he led them to a championship. And you had guys like Gary Boss Hall. Coop, I think you know Boss pretty good. Yeah. Yes, I do. And, uh, you know, David Spencer, Kevin Reese, and a great, you know, Christian Slavini, linebackers, and, and just a bunch of great Clarence Rambo running back. Uh, you know, uh, these are guys, man, that, that helped me pave the way. And the, the great thing about Berlin was the military was here. Okay, and what kind? Yeah, that's there? true. So that you had a lot more American influence around at that time. Exactly. During that time, the military was here, and you know, I had access to the to the PX. A couple of friends hooked me up uh, to get on the the, the base, uh, do some shopping there. So I, some of the things that I thought I would be missing at home, the food items, and and you know, just being able to go get a haircut and all those things, it kind of okay. it, it kind of got set in place for me by the military being here. Okay. It came in handy. Absolutely, man. You know, uh, I end up meeting a lot of army army people uh, who loved football, uh, and they would come out and watch the games. Uh, so, it, you know, we would have these tailgate parties, you know, after parties, and it was just a great feeling, man. Going like, wow, you know, I, I thought I'd be missing a lot, but hey, here I am in Berlin, Germany, doing something I love doing. Uh, and after that football career, uh, it was just. Uh, it was just a, a downhill ride for me uh, as far as getting connected here. Uh, so I, I'm just grateful that, that God, you know, and you guys probably know I'm, I'm a God fearing person and, and, and I keep my faith within God uh, so much that I, 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 I can't help but express my feelings, how much I love him uh, because that's, what's brought me this far to be able to tell the truth because there's been times here in Germany where, man, I, I thought I was going to lose it. And, uh, there was nobody that I could really grab hold to. But one thing I remember my mother telling me is hold on to your faith and your faith will keep you believing in yourself. So that, exactly. that was really, really important for me because, you know, living in Berlin back then, man, you could get caught up in a lot a of stuff. Oh man. You know, you know, you, you know, you guys talk about the club scenes, uh, in, in West Germany, see, nothing was like Berlin. And I've been to clubs in the West in, at that time when I used to stay overnight, you know, and meet somebody and, you know, uh, end up staying a night. But in Berlin, man, the clubs didn't close. Yeah, that was wow. a different scene. That was a whole different scene, man. And it was like you go in at, at 10, 30, 11 o'clock. You don't come out until like seven in the morning when the sun is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. Yeah, and I know in Berlin, hey, real I, quick. I know in Berlin during that time too, they had clubs that opened at six in the morning. That's right. That's right. Oh man. Yeah. You know, and, and good grief. I know I asked you plenty of times about that back in the day. What was it like? What was it like when you first got here? The wall was exactly. Still up, right? It was 1989, man. And, and, and when the wall came, came down, me and, Sean Blair, the coach, we went out to the wall, man, and we seen people getting put over the wall, you know, girls, men, and it was like it was like a, a big festival, man. Some of the stuff that you saw, you know, some of the acts that was taking place, I won't mention it, but it was very, very erotic. Uh, and, and it was wild, man. I mean, 
I remember going to the clubs, man, sometime, man, and getting so blasted and leaving the clubs full straight to the bus to play a game, take a bus ride eight hours laying on the floor, and then play. <laughs> wow. But now, now thinking, you know, your background, where you come from, because, I mean, you come from – a historical background where, you, you know, gang violence was just really tough and you grew up with that, you know, and I'm sure it became normal. A lot of things as we grew up in America, they become normal to us. But as you came to Europe, um, was it before here or did you really started to understand the difference and see a difference or understand that life can be different than, you know, where we grow up from? Absolutely. And that that's where I was, you know, I, I, I kind of slipped a little bit because it was too relaxed. Even though you had to be on your guard and, mm -hmm. and act appropriate, right. you still had that freedom to do some wild, wilding out. Because in the States, if you wild out, right. you might find yourself with a bullet in your head. You know, because you don't, you don't, right. you know. It's, Especially in the wrong neighborhood. Exactly. The territory, uh, you know, division was really, really bad, man. You, you couldn't go in certain areas. Uh, at that time in the States, when I was growing up, you know, you step on the wrong side of the, the, the street, you're in blood territory and you got some, you know, 22 year old guy with a gun to your head. So when I got here, it was like, hey, sky's the limit. I can go wherever I want. I can get on the U-Bahn. I can just I can, you know, I can go see this girl in, in Spandau and in, in Rudow and wherever. You know, it wasn't like I was scared to travel. But in the States, you're limited, you know, in, in California. Los Angeles, you you were limited, man. You had to be careful. Uh, so that was the difference for me, having the freedom. You know, uh, it, it was just a, I wouldn't say a culture shock, but a change of mindset. Okay. Was it? Would you would you say it was difficult or easy for you to adapt, um, being here in Germany? From, you know, from the from the beginning. Actually, it was it was, it was pretty easy. Uh, because when I first got here, I had met a couple of females that kind of took me by the hand and said, you need to do this. You need to do this. You, you know, <laughs> I got you covered on this. You know, so the adaption, you know, adapting, you know, wasn't a problem. Uh, the biggest one of the biggest problems I had was the men hating on me uh, because right. of how I came in and, and who I was. And some people thought, hey, this this arrogant black guy is. You know he's taking, taking ours, man. What's happening? But right. you know the attention that you got. Yeah, the the attention exactly uh, that I was receiving uh, kind of you know uh, put me at a disadvantage as far as meeting friends. But most of my teammates, ninety five percent of my teammates, they loved me, man, and and I appreciate them accepting me for who I am and for where I was from. Uh, and it made it easier when you're winning like we was winning. So. And what, what for sure, for sure, winning, winning, being uh, playing, playing the game you love still. That, that's what people really don't realize. Some great athletes play their senior year of uh, college and maybe that's never right. again. So you were continuing, continuing to do that and travel in the same. Exactly. Track. Exactly. As I call it, it was a blessing. Totally a blessing. That, oh, for sure. Uh, totally a blessing. At what point in, in your life then did you you decided, okay, I want to live here. I can make a I can make a life here. And uh, that was that's that, that's a good question, Tony. Well. Because you know it, it it happened like 
after one good after one good year, I, I want to go back. And uh, I don't know if you guys know Ray Wosley. Ray Wosley was the one of the founding. He was uh, he was with the Raiders, and then he came over here. Remember the USFL came over here. Exactly. Okay, they had that. Uh, I think John Horton was also, I think, in the yes, USFL. Yes, yes. I'm not mistaken. So they and they had some teams. They had. They had a team. What was that that league they had with the the Europeans? They had Munich. They had the Berlin Bears. There was forming a league, and Coach Rosenberg was one of the coaches in Munich. Oh, you talking about the FL league with Axel Gerlich? Yes. So that league started forming. Remember that? Uh, The coach, one of the coaches, came to me and asked me, Cliff, we want you to come back to the states. And we want you to try out and we're going to, we're going to keep you on a roster, but we can't guarantee you a starting spot. I was with the Adler now and I'm thinking, man, this might be my ticket back into the NFL. This might be where I get my break, but the risk of going there, not making it and then trying to come back to the Adler. That's when I said, I'm not doing it. I'm going to stay here. I can, I can run the table here in in, in Germany uh, for a good little while. With, with the team right. with the right. team that I had. So I, I figured out, I said, you know something, in 1989, 1990, and I think it was 91 when that league came over here, I made a decision there, I'm going to make this home. And there's been a couple of times where I wanted to decide, man, I'm going back. I, this, ain't, this ain't what I want to do. Because as you know, in the German league, sometimes the money got funny. And, you know, some of the people that was running those budgets w- wasn't wasn't you know they was budgeting their own pockets instead of taking care of yeah right <laughs> you know you, you guys probably didn't been through that hey where's my money of course we all you've been here been there, been there done that. so so you know uh, been there done that so there was some times when i when i almost packed it up and went home but i said you know something man let me let me stick this out and, and make this out of a career. Uh, and I think that was like in 1995 uh, when I decided I'm going to stay here. I had won the German Bowl a couple of times, uh, three times to be exact. Uh, and I decided, hey, you know something? I could I could stay here, play a couple of more years, and then start coaching, uh, which which happened. Uh, I started being a player coach, uh, you know, in, in – in 1996, I started coaching with the Berlin Rebels, and then in 97 with the Kiel Baltic Hurricanes, and then 90, 98, 99, uh, back with the Berlin Adlers, and then 2000, 2001 with Dresden, uh, and we, you know, Dresden got up into the to the first league uh, after that, and then they fired me. You know, I got them to the first league, and then they fired me. But that's how it goes. That's and, and that's one thing. That's one thing. I was say I typical could, GFL move. You know, that's but one one thing I say. You know, I remember you. You know, more so from from your coaching career than more so from your playing because I was at the, the beginning of my career as you were at the end of your career, and um, you more so at the beginning of your coaching career. But what I've always known and respected from you, no matter where you went in coaching, that team became instantly a competitor. Better. Or, or definitely no, no matter no what. notice noticeably better for sure yeah. you know I I remember playing against one of your uh Berlin rebel teams and we 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 were good I think we, it was in Hamburg me and Darius were talking about the 
was like, man, that, you know, you guys might not have been in the GFL after you played play them back to back. So you knew you were in for playing playing against one of your squads. Well well thank you. I mean, you know, the, and it and it goes to the the the, the players uh that, that bought into what I was trying to get done. Uh because remember there's a lot of great coaches that came through the GFL. But if you can't sell them what you're trying to get done, it it, it doesn't work. You they have to buy into it. Uh and you guys know that uh being coaches yourself. Yeah. Uh, everybody who, who walks on that field could be a great athlete and every player has an ambition to be the best. But if, if they don't buy into what you're doing, they're not going to give you what you want or what you need to be successful. So uh, my hat goes off to those players that, that were under me and, and the coaching staffs that I had uh, come along with me, uh, you know, sometime. And as we know, you know, sometime the Germans say, yeah, I know, I know, I know but they really don't understand what the concept is that you're trying to get over. You know, that's true. And, and that's, that's, definitely true. that's one of the things that I try to teach my players. Now, I never want you to tell me, I know when you make a mistake, Be- because if you know, and you keep making that same mistake and I'm looking at film and you're telling me, I know actually you don't know, you just don't want me to coach you. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's it's it has to be. Hey, when I get on you, it's called constructive criticism. Take it, work it, and get it done. Uh, but you know, from there, you right. know, I, I I've had I've coached all the way from from the Adler to Neuropine. I was in Neuropine, and we went from the fifth division to the fourth to the third, and was going to fight for the second. Then the team folded. That was in 2012. And then uh, Dusseldorf Panthers was one year, 2013. Uh, and, you know, we were, that was, that team was just in shambles when I took it. Uh, but that was one year. And, and, you know, thanks to York McIntoon. I don't know if you guys know York McIntoon. Tony, you probably know him. Yeah. Yeah. I do. That, yeah that's my area. He's a class guy, man. If you get to know him, man, he's a class guy. I don't care what nobody said. He was, he was my savior for staying there that long uh, because he would, he would come get me, man. He would have practice plans broken down. Uh, you know, I'd send him stuff, man, and he'd be ready. And, and he, he's one of the guys that I could say, man, if I ever picked a national, if I was a national coach or a coach that was looking for a, a good coach to have around, he'd be one of those guys from the German side. I mean, York is a class guy. Uh, and then, yeah, he definitely yeah. Is. Uh, and then I went to Potsdam 2014, uh, the Royals. I, I walked on there after leaving Dusseldorf. I said, I- I'm done with football. But then my wife, she saw me sitting up here moping and not being happy with a long face. <laughs> she got to get out the house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go coach somebody. Said, go you coach you somebody. need to go do something. She, she said, She said, you need to go do something because you're being grumpy around here because of no football. You had the opportunity to go coach somewhere, but you turned it down. You said you didn't want to do it. So get out the house. Leave. Bye. She said, we got enough money. Don't worry. You don't have to get paid. Just go do something. Get out of my face. So, which was good, you know, and and it got me back into it. And then uh, ever since 2015, I've been with the Rebels uh, up until now, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's been my, my thing uh, because it's, it's, 
kind of convenient for me because uh, it's not too far away. Uh, plus, you know, I, I like the security of the SCC program there because they take care of their finances. You know, it's one of the biggest sports club in all of Germany, SCC. So you don't have to worry about uh, sponsorship not having that money because there's a club. Uh, they do track. They do track and field. They do baseball. They do soccer. They got so many sports clubs there. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, and, and Andreas Friedel, the president, he, he's a class guy. Uh, and, and me and him bumped heads. He fired me at one time uh, in 2009. We get to the first league. Uh, we, we go up to the first. Uh, yeah, we, we win the second league. We go up to the first league. And uh, after the third game, we matter of fact, we played Munich. We win. Uh, then we go to Dresden. We lose. And then he calls me one day and said, Cliff, we have to fire you. I said, well, we're, we're three and two. What, why? Uh, well, we just have a different plan. I said, okay, fine. I said, but Andreas is going to come back and get you. I said, it's going to come back. I said, right. it's business. I understand it's the nature of the beast, but if you feel that way, fine. What happened? They end up dropping down to the second league again. So, yeah. So there's some history there, but overall it's been a good run, man. Uh, so far with the coaching. Uh, but my, my biggest thing now, man, is trying to mentor players and coaches uh, and just try to give them an inside scoop on on how to conduct yourself after experiencing all this. Uh, because, I mean, right. I had the opportunity to coach Darius. Uh, and, and, you know, Darius, great athlete, great person. But he was going through some things when, when I had a chance to, to get him over here, uh, you know. Okay. Uh, and, and, and I knew Darius was a top dog. I knew this, definitely. but I, but I also know that, definitely. you know, when our personal talks, he was going through some things, man, in his life that he wasn't understanding. And it kind of took him for a little ride just for a minute. And that's why I kind of took him under my wing, man, and said, Hey, you got this, man. You just have to follow the guidelines on, on how to get it right. And, and I'm quite sure Coop has got some stories for you as well. You, yeah. <laughs> man, you've definitely been, and Darius talks about that as as well. He thanks you, oh yeah, uh, so much for the guidance and support that you you know yep. you've given him. So I mean, we we've talked about that as well with him. I mean, you helped so many people. Um, that was the main reason why also having you on the show because you know not just about yourself, but the things that you've done for other people and and the guidance outside of football, but you know the game of life. Myself, I always wanted to play for you, believe it or not. But it just never happened, and we just always was on the opposite side of the field. <laughs> exactly. you know, my, my biggest thing, Tony, if 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 I was in the region where you were living at, coaching there, you would have been my guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that had a lot to do with. I mean, we're in two different regions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You you were always a Cologne guy. You were always uh, over, over over that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was in West Germany. And, you know, Cliff, you were, you were kind of close. You were kind of close. You did uh, – were you at Dortmund for a minute? No. But that's that's still over here now. No? Well, you, you did no. the Dusseldorf for a minute, but you really never – See, yeah, Tony, when yeah, I was yeah. in, yeah, was in was Dusseldorf, weren't, weren't you in Troisdorf? I was in Troisdorf, right. exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. See, now that's your fault, Tony. So – but, but see, but, but see <laughs> that's how you. But see, because me and York, me and York McIntoon looked into, hey man, I'd like to get Tony Moore over here. But see, Tony had just signed a pretty good deal with Torsdorf. 
I, I think like a four year, four year. Yeah, I, I think I think what you had going in Toursdorf kind of solidified. I'm gonna make this thing my baby right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna yep, right. I'm That's gonna what it was. milk I'm gonna milk the cow as long as I can. Okay, <laughs> which, which which is okay. I remember I remember Cliff because I was I was right, asking yeah. I'm like Tony, what are you doing? He was like, man, I'm good. I was like, still. He was like, trust me, <laughs> trust me. I was like, oh, okay. So I mean, I got, you know, I, I know what that means. So just just looking from 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 a a coaching and a player standpoint. When you get in that situation, you got to take advantage of that and not be that arrogant guy who thinks, hey, yeah, they, they're doing me good, but what's better on the other side of the fence? You right. Know, you, you have yep. to. Even though the circumstances sometimes you might, you know, you might bump heads with management or players or whatever, you got to understand this is not the NFL where you can go sign a, a, a five-year contract and the money is going to be guaranteed. This is year to year because right. teams can fold – at any minute, mm-hmm. yeah, sponsor can drop exactly. Out so you it's, you're it's sitting there. Money. So if you get something that looks pretty good, where you see future, uh, and you're able to still uh, participate in the way that you want to, then then grab a hold on to it. That's that goes for the players out there as well. I mean, don't be bouncing from team to team just because you think I can go win a German Bowl over here. You know, and that's that's what kind of makes me a little bit upset with some of the players, how they bounce around instead of being loyal to the program. Uh, if you're getting a little bit of money, that's fine. Guess what? It's your hobby. But for a lot of imports now, this is what they do for a living. This is not the hobby. This is what they do for a living. So they have to understand, uh, hey, stay put, keep your nose clean, do the best job you can. And I guarantee you, it's going to work out uh, because if one door closes, remember another one is opening. That's probably greater. You just have to take advantage of it and, and right. stay focused on on what you want to be doing. Because when you bounce around so much, man, you nobody can rely on you. You know, as a coach, when I recruit, that's, that's you know, when true. I as a coach, when I when I look at players, when I recruit them, I look into their background, not just because they're a great athlete. Where was he the last four years? And if that player has been with three different teams in four years, that should tell you something. You know. He's either not reliable or he's some kind of off the field. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, you want to get guys that are reliable that you can say, hey, you know something? I know this guy is going to be there when we need him. Because when you start bringing in players, you got to understand one thing. You don't have an 80-man roster every year. You just don't. Right. It, 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 you know, guys have to go to school. You know, you, you know, and I was surprised. Tony told me that they, they've got great numbers in Munich right now. I was like, wow, you know, that's that's a blessing, man, to, to, to be able to walk on the field and see all these bodies out here. But a lot of these cities, you got to understand, they don't have those numbers. You know, they. But now if you think about it, you're in Berlin, you got Berlin Rebels and Berlin Adler. If they were together, I mean, you guys would be the best team in Europe. No doubt about it, but you would think so. You would think so. But when you have egos and management that don't like each other, they never want to come together. They they want to compete against each other instead of build a powerhouse. I've been saying that for years. If if all the Berlin teams were to get together and say let's let's top team GFL one, you can't have a GFL two team, but you can have a three, and you can have a four. I think here in Berlin, 
just imagine if you've got 300 players and you filter down one system like a foreign te- form team and you just say bring guys up. Right. Berlin would be the most dominant city in all of Germany. By far. Exactly. But exactly. you've got you, you've got you've got too many egos in management, presidents that say, oh, we don't like them. They, you know, 35 years ago, they did us wrong. Well, <laughs> <laughs> holding grudges. They don't Ew. forget. Oh, they do not man, forget. It's, it's bad. And, and, and once 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 you don't get past that barrier, it's never going to change. It's never going to change. You know, that, that's, but that's a lot of cities all over. You know, I think of Cologne, you know, with Cologne Falcons and Cologne Crocodiles. Um, yes, that same bad blood. If they would have just came together, you know, and um, in Hamburg, you know, you had Huskies, Silver Eagles, Blue yeah. Devils. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's, it's, how, but how competitive football would be if they would, you know, actually get together. And you're so right, Tony, because just imagine if two teams come together and put both of their sponsors together. Now you can really you can you can budget a team and have top notch. You know, you could be a top notch program, but people don't think like that because of their selfishness and their, you know, their, their ways of of not wanting the sport to grow. You know, a, a lot of times, you know, what? Why this, go ahead. I was going to say, it, and sometimes I some of the players are cool with it, too, because they're like, wow, well, I can kind of be a little bit lazier and not much as one team and still, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm playing. One team. Right. That, I understand what you mean. That That's like, you know, I guess they don't feel they don't have that competition then they don't have that desire to, to push. But But speaking on that. What would you say, Cliff, the, from the years before to now, um, what do you see the big difference in, in competition or even the guys competing, um, you know, as far as a player aspect and as far as a coaching? Uh, well, a coach? I, you know, as, as far as the player aspect is concerned, guys are seeing the opportunity to go over to America and play, the German players. They're seeing, they're seeing right. 15, 16-year-old kids getting these high school scholarships uh, with some of the programs that are out that are that are supporting this and the competition, these guys are working hard. Back then, when I was, you know, uh, playing and then started coaching, that opportunity wasn't there. Very rarely, you know, we 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 had kids that that were on the rise. A kid like Beyon Werner, Constantine Ritzman, those were kids that were just exceptionally well, and they had the opportunity to go over to the states and end up playing in the pros later, but. Right now, you see an abundance of kids getting these scholarships, kids going to high schools to further their career. Those opportunities weren't there at the time. Same with the coaching situation. Now you've got so many coaches coming over here, coaches actually going to America to do internships, learning about the game, advancing their knowledge on how to coach. It makes the great game much better because of the – what I say, I would say that the status quo of football that has taken place here in Germany, it has grown so much. Uh, and I'm happy that it's taken off, you know, and then when the NFL start bringing games to London, uh, places like that, you can, you can just see the potential. And then the NFL Europe came, uh, you had guys like Vanya Miller, uh, Shuan Fata, uh, and a bunch of other coaches that grabbed on, you know, Patrick Kazumi, all those guys, 
grabbed onto that and it opened up the eyes of many, many coaches on how football should be done. You know, uh, and, and, and those are some of the guys that, you know, and those are some of the guys that, that they made a difference. You know, uh, Tony Allen, you know, he's over in London right now and he's doing his thing with the NFL Academy, whatever they got over there. So European wise, there's so much opportunity for players and coaches and it's, it's just on the rise, you know. That, that definitely is, and I hope it. I hope it continues and continue to grow, yeah, no and, and also get these guys to learn to have more of a competitive attitude and, and and not be so happy or content with, you know, just just being. Yeah, well, you know, as, as far as you know, understand one thing, gentlemen. Uh, as far as the competitiveness, guys love the game, but remember, for many, for seventy-five percent of these guys, it's a hobby. And when you and when you're doing something for a hobby, remember you can drop drop that hobby for a year and say, "Hey, you know something, man, I'm I'm not feeling it this year," and that's what you see a lot of times. A guy say, "Hey," and it might be because his job is stressing him out, his relationship, you know, uh, certain things happen in people's lives where they need to take a break. So it, it's it's like right. it's not a, a consistent climb there. There's sometimes there's a drop. In the competitiveness, Tony uh, and, and Coop, you, you see that because one one year a guy is just great. The next year, man, my girlfriend left me and I lost my job. I can't show up. I can't do football. You know, and then you see. Go ahead. What would, no, and then, and then you see, you know, a situation where the same guy got himself back together and now he's back competing again at a competitive level because, you know, he's he's made some changes in his life but he still loves the sport. And those are the guys that I, I, I commend because they don't get paid for this, but they keep coming back for more and more because of love of the game. Right. For, for our younger guys that are coming over here now, that's maybe been here for a few years or guys that haven't had a chance to come over here and maybe want to, what would be the one or two things that you would recommend that they should do Um as far as uh, being able to survive here or just maybe some key points that maybe you. Well, you know, first of all, you know, when you come over here, uh, understand that you have to humble yourself to the situation, you know, don't make your expectations so high to where you come from a nice college program or a program where they had all the facilities and everything. uh, And now you come here and you say, man, everything is makeshift. You know, I'm living in this type of situation. I don't have this. I don't have that. You know, understand. And, and that's where the people that are selling the program or, or coaches that are bringing these players over, make sure you have a player that wants to be here and not a player that wants to come see what it's like here. There's a difference. Yep. You know, I want to go peek in the window and see if I like it. Or do you bring that player that comes over here and say, I want to come over here and I'm coming over here to work my craft and to get better and be a part of something original because the mindset of no matter what it looks like, you know, a lot of the mindset of a lot of guys that come over here thinking I'm going to the NFL or I'm going to a college program, get that first straight. Yeah. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of that clip. You know, it was the mindset of I'm just coming over for a little more film and I'm coming, I'm going back. (laughs) (laughs) See, so, so make sure that, that, 
they understand a little bit about the culture, how the Germans are. Uh, and, and I would say before you even bring them over here, be honest with them. Because, you know, you, you can recruit, you can recruit players in the States and they can come see and they can go right back. But see, when you get a player over here yep. from over that water, once they get across that water, it's a whole different mindset with them. And you don't want to have a person to come over here and just peek in the window and say, nah, this ain't what I want to do. You know, there is no real locker room. Right. You know, there is no mess hall. Right. You know, I'm, I'm driving public transportation to get to and from practice. Those are things that have to be settled right. before a guy even touches ground here. Because I've had players come over here and say, oh, coach, I thought I was going to get this. I was going to get this. No, that, that's not what we talked about. So those young kids that are coming over here, you want some kids that are that are humble and seeking the opportunity to be in Europe. You know, uh, and if you can if you can sell that to most of these guys, because a lot of and let's be honest with you, man, a lot of black kids that play sports have never seen Europe. No, if it wasn't for sports, right. I would have uh, I couldn't imagine myself. Uh, Me either. I mean, I didn't have a passport before I needed a yeah, passport right. to come here. Exactly. <laughs> All of us. That goes for me as well. <laughs> you know, you, so, know. <laughs> you know, and, you know, sad to say so many of us don't have driver's life license at home. And, you know, a passport is the last thing on our mind. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, you yeah. know, if, if you're bringing guys over here uh, and, my, and my, my advice is make sure uh, you have a guy that's humble, a guy that wants to be here, wants to have this experience. And just be honest with a man. And they have to be honest with you about what they're trying to do. Uh, you know, uh, any guy that's peeking through the window, he's not a guy that I would want to bring over. Okay. That's a long That's way right. I mean, you know, you, it's not like you can get on the, boat, uh, the bus or the train real quick and just leave. You're across that water. So right. if, you, if you got a good rowboat or a speedboat to get you back, go ahead and leave, buddy. <laughs> you know you know so yeah i mean just you know th those are the things that man that that that, that i i take into consideration man even myself uh, when i got here like i said i had to get a, a round trip ticket but those days are over with when you're making those type of demands no team is going to say give me a round trip ticket if i like it uh i'll stay and if i don't i got this ticket i can go back in a week those days are over you know so, you know, and, and management and, and coaches have to be smart about the guys uh, that they bring over. Uh, and then you guys experienced, I'm quite sure somewhere along in your careers, it was like, man, I got to get back. This ain't for me. You know, yeah, you know, of course. You know, so but but look where you are now. You, you've established here and and I'm proud of both of you guys, man, because you've you've come a long way with all the trials and tribulations, man, of dealing with this and. You found a niche, and and you you, you speak in the language, uh, and and that's another thing that that players that come over here should should try to do, learn how to speak the language, uh, because one of the, one point. of the one of the biggest problems I had when I got over here, it could be a three or four Germans over there over in the corner talking, and I hear my name, and then they start laughing or something, and All I right. thought they were talking about me. And I'm like, damn, 
I'm over here getting laughed at. Don't even know what they're saying. This is bad. I don't like this. So I teach me exactly. So <laughs> so that's me. where that's where you know some of my lady friends came in and and started teaching me the language, helping me out. And then when I got fluent in German, you know, it was like okay, we can do this now. Exactly. It, it just it it, yeah, it opened up so many doors big. and avenues, man. Uh, and not me just being there standing like a bump on a log. Uh, it helped me uh, do some things, man, that I thought I'd probably never be able to do. And to this day, uh, you know. Yeah, but again, oh, absolutely, you absolutely, man. And it's, it's just a blessing, man, that, that God had that plan. Uh, because right now, I'm 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 an English teacher for for kids, preschool kids, and uh, they know I speak German, but I only speak English to them. But then they try to break me down in that German, and I get on them. They be like, "Uh oh." <laughs> the first thing they say, "Cliff Express Deutsch, Express Deutsch." Can I say advice? Can I say advice? So, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, so. But Curtis, Curtis, you, you got anything for Cliff that you wanna that you wanna ask that we didn't touch on? Uh, no, no. I just wanna uh, thank you for your your time and thank you for your uh, coaching and thank you for your words and wisdom. And like I said, we crossed paths many times and, you know, you've had a helping hand, whether you know it or not with all of us. So I just want to, I just want to, exactly. I just want to thank you for that. Exactly. Um, like I said, like I, I want to say as well, you're definitely, um, a person that's responsible for for laying down the foundation and opening the door, you know, for you know people like myself and Coop and and and, and hundreds of other guys that came after you. Um, really thankful because it takes you know people like yourself to do that to give other guys the opportunity, uh, and then knowing the story to see how you've grown and changed in you mm -hmm. know, your life and where you come from, and then to be the person that people. Uh, look up to and, and can come to for advice and help um, is remarkable. Uh, I personally want to, you know, thank you and, and let you know I appreciate it. Everything that you, you know, you do, you've done, and and what you continue to well, do. Well, you know, gentlemen, it, it's it's a pleasure talking to to guys like you that that see the whole story, not only of myself but other guys, uh, and and how it is possible. Because sometimes a lot of people think the journey is easy. But it's not. And as far as mentoring guys, I, I think this is what God has planned for me. And and I and I just thank God because I my biggest wish is, man, that we can all get together one day, sit in a nice hotel, have some nice food, play some golf. And me and Tony talked about this before. We talked about this yes. last time I saw you, I was in Berlin. And we're going to do that. We're, we're, that's, and that's just to sure. be able we're to talk. To do that. Because, see, remember, tomorrow ain't promised. Tomorrow's not promised to no one. Yep, exactly. You know, and as you now. get older, you start appreciating those things, man, that, that oh, you take yeah. for granted. <laughs> and, you, and you say to yourself, man, I wish I just would have had the opportunity to sit down with some of those guys and just laugh and joke and tell lies and do whatever, you know. Just, just have some fun. You know? Exactly. Some of those exactly. war stories, man. Just exactly. be able to do that. 
to the point where you say, you know something, this is living. And that's what this life is about. It's not about, man, I'm the best or I was this or I was that. It's about being able to come together, man, and share these things, man, and put smiles in people's hearts. Yeah, you hit it on the head. I mean, that's the big thing, being able to share, you know, life experiences, stories. And it's just amazing how you don't know until you have exactly, it, help exactly. You grow. So I appreciate you guys having me on here, man. It, it was a pleasure. Uh, if you guys ever need me, you know, you, you know, I'm here. Uh, if, if there's any situations that you're going through, you know, I'm here. I'm always, you know, because I, I have a mentor, too, uh, who I call and, and, and I and I ask him uh, and I even have a female mentor who I call because, you know, being married or, you know, sometimes you have to understand where a woman is coming from and you have to get it from a feet from some female advice. See, Coop, you got your mother there, don't you? No, so, no, no, no. She's in, she's in, uh, she's in the Toledo, but we Skype. We Skype yeah. Every I mean, but you, you've got somebody you can call and say, Hey mom, you know, we, we, we going through this, you know, what's coming. Yeah. I mean, so th- there's, sure, there's some sure. and I do in your life that you can always, which, you know, what's that song bill with lean on me. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you me. always need somebody that you can lean on and just, just, even if you don't like what they're saying to you, it's still good advice because now you can say, this is how I need to construct myself or act accordingly yep. because I've heard something from somebody who who's been there. Yeah. So, and you need to hear it sometimes, especially when it's coming from moms. Exactly. <laughs> You'll tell me straight up exactly. if I don't like it or not, <laughs> this is what you need to be doing. That's right. See, see. Exactly. No, exactly. No sugar coated. No. Well, um, I'll probably I'll probably see you around town like we do. We always we always yeah we uh, we bump heads we, we bump, bump heads and run here, each other here and there in the city. Exactly. Matter of fact, sure. uh, before the summer's up, Coop, if we ever get past this, you know, no, no uh, distancing thing, whatever. If if that ever comes about, man, I like to get you and Darius to come out, man. I'll do a fish fry because I love some fried fish. Uh, oh, and me too. Uh, well, when that's over with, I'll definitely be up there. <laughs> invitation accepted. We'll, we'll, we'll shoot up there and join it. So I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> you said you, you cooking. I'm coming. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. accept that. I, I'll speak for Darius on this one. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I want to do some of those things, man, because like I said, uh, tomorrow's not promised. And we can sit here and talk about let's get this done. Let's do this. But let's just make it happen. I like that idea with Tony was talking about the golf thing. Uh, well, we can just find a golf course somewhere, man, and, you know, just get a hotel in the near uh, and, and rent a room for two days, go play some golf, go back to the hotel, laugh, joke, do whatever, and just, just hang out, man, because that's right. the rewards in life that we deserve. Yeah. 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 Because the nostalgia, we're all got that one thing in common. You know, we're here, but we're not from here. We're all done. Moved on to something else. It's a good point. That's a yeah, good point. So, yeah. Let, let's try to make that happen, man. And I appreciate both of you guys, man. Okay. Hey, no problem. Well, we're going to get out of here. And for anyone to have any questions for Coach Cliff Madison, Coop, or myself, Tony, you can always write on Facebook, Antonio Tony Moore, or on Instagram, Antonio underscore Tony underscore Moore. Um, thank you both. Coop, Cadillac, we always do what we do. Yes, sir. Coach Cliff Madison.
thank you for taking the time and sharing this story. Um, it's only going to help. Thank you, guys, and, and God bless it. both of you guys. Be safe. Stay healthy. Yes, sir. Right. Will do. Thank you. Enjoy Ciao, your Sunday. Time. Yes, sir. Ciao. Take care. Ciao.